Welcome to Island Ice, episode 146 of Newsday's New York Islanders podcast. I am your host, Andrew Gross of Newsday, and you can find me on Twitter at A Gross Newsday. And we're coming to you tonight from the Madison Square Garden press room where uh, we're sort of uh, stealthily hanging out in the back room with the door closed, hoping uh, the security guard won't throw us out. <laughs> and I'm um, joined here after another Islanders comeback win. They beat the Rangers 4-3 to improve to 9-5-0. and uh, Two back-to-back stirring comebacks. They also beat the Flames 4-3 in overtime on Monday at UBS Arena. And they uh, entered the third period of both games trailing 3-1. And I'm joined here uh, by my Newsday teammate, longtime friend, Colin Stevenson. You can find him on Twitter at Colin S. Newsday. And also another longtime friend and uh, former co-worker. Um, although I don't think we crossed. Yeah, we, we, we just missed each other at the Bergen <laughs> record. But uh, Dan Rosen uh, of NHL.com. And, and Dan, I'm sorry, it's... What on Twitter? It's at DRosenNHL. All right. And guys, thanks so much for joining me. I'm just going to throw this out there. What did you think of the Islanders tonight? What did you think of their comeback in the third period? And is the way they play sustainable when they keep falling behind three to one? (laughs) Uh, I mean, I'll start. Look, I, I thought they played a strong period tonight. That that's what they did. They played a strong period. I thought, you know, the first was okay. Uh, the second, they were completely outplayed. And then they played a strong third period. And, and they, look, I mean, they got away with a little something. I think it was a trip at the end there that led to Anders Lee. Well, it didn't directly lead to Lee's goal, but, I mean, it, it wasn't called. Those things happen, you know. Sometimes it gets called. Sometimes it doesn't. Depends on what is seen, what's not seen, and all that stuff. So, hey, it happened, and it's positive for them. They played a strong third period. And I think this is a good team. I mean, I picked them to be a playoff team at the start of the season. And they're playing like that because they're finding ways to win games. And it's exactly what the New York Rangers are not doing, actually. Uh, This was a game the Rangers should have won tonight. And they didn't because the Islanders took it from them. And I give them a lot of credit with the third period that they played. They can't keep doing it, though. That That's the concern, right? I mean, it's it's they're not doing it all the time. But... You can't, and even Anders Lee said it. He goes, hey, 20 minutes left, nothing to lose. Got an opportunity here to try to, you know, put our best foot forward. I mean, they did have a game to lose, so I don't know why he says nothing to lose. But, you know, uh, you know, that's their feeling going into it. He goes, we'll take that. We just won't take it too often. And that's the key. They can't take it too often. Yeah, you know, and, and a lot of the same questions that were asked tonight after the game, these guys had been fielding yesterday, as in... Yeah, it was a great third period, but what about the first two periods? You can't keep getting off to slow starts. I actually said to Noah Dobson, I was like, I said, you know, these these slow, and it's not just, you know, these two comeback wins. They had a, a, a really bad first period out in Detroit. Uh, even through their five-game winning streak. Uh, not even a, the Colorado game they were down, they came back in that one. Yeah, they were down 3 nothing in the yeah, yeah, they won 5-4, down 3 nothing in the second period. So they, they, they really do have a habit of digging themselves a hole. And I said to Noah Dobson, I was like, you know, 
you you got to get off to a good start at some point, right? And he said, "Yeah, no kidding." You know, and you know, Andrews. Well, to be fair, to be fair, you know, against the Rangers tonight on, on what is this Tuesday night? It was the second of a back to back. Yeah, you know, so and they had gone overtime in in in, in uh, Monday night's game, and you know they did win that game. But you know, you you have to. I will I will cut him some slack for for not um, maybe being at the top of their game in the first period or even the first two periods against the Rangers. Well, now, what happened, you know, uh, the night before against the, you know, uh, who did you play the night before? The, the Flames. The Flames. Yeah. You know, whatever happened, you know, that night, I, you know, I can't, you know, I can't excuse that maybe, but but I'll, I'll cut them slack for, for not, you know, for on the second night of a back-to-back for, for being a little sluggish. Right, and I actually didn't think the first period was awful for the Islanders. No. I, I thought they stuck in there, and then in the second period... Uh, three minor penalties. The Rangers scored two well, three, power it's, play it's goals. Three penalties in the second period, but remember they got one with yeah. six seconds left yeah. in, the, in the first period. So it was really they were killing four penalties in that period. They got outshot seventeen to six, and you know when you're killing four penalties, that's that's going to happen. Yeah, yeah, and, and but but Adam Pellick, uh was it fourteen seconds into the third period snaps one in, and you, and if I had that thought. I'm sure the team had that thought, which was, here we go again. <laughs> yeah. right? Well, I mean, and that's the key, and that's what, you know, we were talking about that with Brock Nelson after the game. The idea of scoring one as early as they did, it, it's almost as if now you're not down, like, you, you're you not thinking we need two the whole period. It's, it's one, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you entered the period down two, but 14 seconds in, now you're down one. Now it's... Now it's reasonable. Now, now it's re- and that and that was the, and it was also a stunner, I think, a little bit for the Rangers too. Now they righted themselves and they came back and they played better after that one as well. But they obviously, you know, and, and then you know, Varlamov makes the breakaway save on on VC, and that that was a game changer right there. That that saved everything. That kept them within that distance because with that save with twelve and change left, if that goes in, now you're back down two. But not 20 to go, mm-hmm. 12 and change to go, it's a big difference. But I wanted to look, you know, you think about this with the Islanders, right? So the last two nights we've seen them do this, the comeback wins and all that. Is it sustainable? We say no. But the Florida Panthers last year led the NHL in wins coming back in the third period. They had about 28 or 29 of them, right? And they won the President's Trophy. So it, they would argue to the, that, that, you know, they couldn't keep doing it, yet they kept doing it. And they were able to still be the best team in the league in the regular season. Now, the playoffs are a different story, uh, and they ended up scoring five goals in four games in the second round mm-hmm. against the Lightning, but, or three goals in four games, I'm sorry, in the second round against the Lightning, but they were a team that were, they were the comeback cats, and yeah. maybe this is what the Islanders are. Well, uh, one difference to me between these Islanders and, and the Panthers, the Panthers play a faster game, yes. and the Islanders really rely on more of that, uh, grind it down, Type of right. type of game, but the Islanders also, and I and I kind of noticed this tonight, and I was talking with their esteemed statistician Eric Hornick about this as the well. Best. The, the best, best, the best, the best. Um, <laughs> I was talking to him about this after the first period, and, and and he brought it up, and I noticed it too. They're playing a little bit more open now, I guess, under Lane Lambert. Um, I've seen it from watching them. Saw it up close tonight, obviously, and it's it's not a wide open game. It's not track meet style hockey but they are a little bit more open and it it makes sense because they have the goaltenders to be able to handle the breakaway save in the years past it was almost like they were playing that style to try to insulate their goaltenders which i never really thought they had to do i thought that but now 
you can argue they have, I, I mean, I think they have the best goalie tandem in the league. In, in two guys, Sorokin, who starts for everybody, mm-hmm. and Varlamov, I mean, off the top of my head, I can think of five or six teams that he would start for right now. Yeah, I could probably, yeah, right? I, I think the number's probably higher so, than yeah, that. Yeah, so they're playing a little bit more of an open style, and that's more reasonable for the goaltending that they will get, but it also might put you in a bit of a hole at times, too. And I'm not saying that's the reason, but over the course of a season, that could be a reason why they might have to come back in some games. But they have the ability to do it. We see the offensive ability to do it. Everybody always wanted to knock this team offensively, but they have guys who can score goals. It's just a matter of allowing them and putting them in positions to score those goals. It's a, a, a sort of a dichotomy, a weird juxtaposition, but Matthew Barzell is playing if not some of the best hockey of his career, possibly the best hockey of his career. He's got 15 assists, had another one. He doesn't have a goal. Doesn't have a goal. Does not have a goal, but he's he, coming into tonight, he was third on the team in shots, and he's he was third on the team in creating high-danger chances, and he's just doing everything but scoring. And, uh, you, you know, you hear this all the time, you know, it's... If he keeps shooting, it's going to go in. And I actually asked Lane before the game, and I said, the way he's playing, do you necessarily need goals from him? Because he's creating so much. What what, what did you see from, from Barzell in this game? And you also saw the Islanders when they beat the Rangers 3-0 at UBS. I think that was on October 26th. Have they gotten better since then? And, and specifically yeah. about Barzell, you know, does he need to score the goals? Well, I, I mean, he doesn't. Yeah. Uh, you know, quite frankly, if he's at this pace, what is he, he's got fifteen points in in their nine fourteen. Five, so yeah, fourteen yeah, no, games. I mean, he doesn't, I mean that that that's eighty plus points you yeah. know, without a goal. <laughs> um, so no, he doesn't need to. But of course, he will. Yeah. I mean, and the question is, how many goals do you need from him? Do you need twenty? No. I mean, I don't think so. If you get if you get twelve goals from him and eighty assists, it's <laughs> mean, a good season. You can live with that. Um, so no, he's fi- he's playing fine. They're playing great. Um, you know, I think the last time the the, the two teams played, uh, I think was it neither team had won. They they both lost the night before. Or whatever the Rangers had yeah, lost the night yeah. before, and then the Islanders started and won five straight games. That was the the, the beginning of their five game win streak. So, right. I mean, obviously they're they're playing. Um, very well, and uh, and, I, and and they're built to you know if if they stay healthy. I mean, I, I don't see why why this wouldn't continue. And I and I no, they're not going to come from behind from three one down in third period every night. But but they won't have to. I think they're good enough. And you know, as as Dan said, you know, with the goaltending that they have, you know, they're not going to be down three one. No. You know, after two periods in every game. Well, oh, you you mentioned the five game winning streak. It's actually now seven of eight right. because they right. they they've won these two these games, two. and you've got the Arizona Coyotes and the Columbus Blue Jackets coming up before going out on a bit of a challenging four game road trip. So. The, the island, you, you always hear, you know, the teams that are in playoff positions at Thanksgiving, right? right. Those, it, it's tough to knock those teams out. And the Islanders at 9-5 and five are, uh, they, they're carving out a potential to, to be amongst the top of the Metropolitan Division at that important milestone of Thanksgiving. Yeah, and that is, that is an important milestone because it is hard to knock teams out once they're in there because... 
the parity in the league, the three-point games, all of that stuff, how often Eastern teams play Eastern teams and Western teams play Western teams and uh, things along those lines. So, yeah, I think they are carving themselves to be exactly what I thought they would be, you know, this season. And, and the situation with Barzal is interesting to me, right? So I wrote, and I was certainly not alone, I think you guys were talking about it as well, obviously, that Matt Barzal, I think he was a 58 or 59-point player last year, right? Yeah. If the Islanders are going to make the playoffs, Matt Barzell has to be a point-per-game player. Well, he's a point-per-game player, yeah. and they're 9-5. doesn't matter if he scores the goals, because if he had five goals and 10 assists, he would still have 15 points from creating 15 goals. Yeah. And he's created 15 goals, right? So that, to me, is he, he's not a big-time goal scorer. He's got a good shot, but he's not a volume goal scorer. He's, you know, he's fifth, what did he score, 15 last year, 16, 17, 18 the year before, so yeah. along those lines, right? And he might get there, but maybe he only gets 10 this year. But maybe, like Colin said, he gets 80 assists. And all of a sudden, you're looking at 90 points from Matthew Barzell. Or he gets 70 assists, and you're looking at 80 points from Matthew Barzell. That's 21 more goals than you had last year. Yeah. No, it's... (laughs) You know, it it sort of sounds silly when I ask Lane, you know, do you need goals from this? Because you need goals from everyone. But to to both of your points, he's he's producing at a, a very high rate. Uh, what was it? Uh, Eric Cornick again. He's great. He's great. Had the stat that it, uh, Barzell had. Uh, was it fourteen assists in his first thirteen games? It was the most assists for any Islander since I think it was eighty four, eighty five. Yeah, Bossy and, and, uh, yeah. and Brent, and Brent Sutter. Sutter. Yeah, yeah, and those are two good, two yeah. good names, two good playmakers. So uh, the the key and, and Lane Lambert is still looking for the right combination. You saw it again today. He juggled the lines again. He came up with Anders Lee, Matthew Barzell, and uh, Brock Nelson for the third period against the Flames. That's not sustainable because you want both yeah. Barzi and Nelly to to play in the middle. But today he used that for one shift in the second period, and then. Oliver Wallstrom was back on Barzell's right wing after uh, weirdly starting the game on the fourth line with Nikita Sashnikov, of all people, starting on Barzell's right wing with Cal Clutterbuck out with an unspecified injury. But it's it's odd to me because you think, you know, Matthew Barzell and Andrews Lee are both stalwarts on this, and, and they're part of the core, yet they have played together other than on the power play, they don't get on the ice much mm-hmm. together. So uh, they seem to have some sort of that instant chemistry together, at least against the Flames. And uh, I, I'm just wondering, you know, what you thought of, of those two skating together. Yeah, I mean, I look, you're talking about two guys who obviously they play quite different games. Yeah. Um, but their games can mesh because Barzal is one of the best in the league at holding on to the puck. And, and waiting and with patience uh, and finding guys. And Lee is one of the best in the league at finding space in front of the net, creating his own space in front of the net. And if Matthew Barzal is able to do what he does and funnel a puck to the net, Anders Lee is going to be there. And, and, and that's, that's the key thing, I think, right there. And you, you give time for Lee to create his space around the net area, the net front area, when you're Matthew Barzal and you're creating around. And, oh, by the way, wouldn't mind seeing Oliver Wallstrom regularly. Well, I was going to ask you guys <laughs> about that. <laughs> I, I mean, uh, Oliver Wallstrom, <laughs> dude can't catch a break, yeah. can he? <laughs> hey, look, I, I don't know. Look, obviously, coaches know way more than we do, 
right? And they're privy to so much more information than we're privy to. So far be it from me to question what Lane Lambert or in previous day and Barry Trotz has done. However, that's our job. That is our job. And this is what I'm going to question it. There is one guy on the team who has a better shot than Oliver Wallstrom. Right. And, and he's it's playing Ryan, on the back end. And it's Ryan Pulak. Now, Brock Nelson showed you his shot tonight. We've seen it a, a lot. It's an elite and, shot. And it's an elite shot. But so is Wallstrom's. Yeah. Right. And if you have a guy, and just thinking about this, right? Think about it. The chemistry that Lee and Barzell have, and then you have a guy who can fire it like Wallstrom can. Well, that seems like a pretty dangerous line to me. Okay? So why is this guy graded so hard? Like, I don't understand. Like, he has one game you don't like, and bang, he's on the fourth line. It's something I I don't understand. To me, Oliver Wallstrom, with the way he can bring it, the way he can shoot a puck, and the release he has, you have to start living with some of the other things that a young player has to go through because the reward is that shot. Now, yeah, he only played about eight minutes in this game, but I'll, I'll give Lane Lambert credit for this. After he took that offensive zone interference penalty against Mika Zibanejad, I said out loud, is that it for him tonight? Right. Is that the mistake that's good? Because he had an awful first period. Um, he was hanging his head. He turns the puck over. He slams the the bench door. Lane Lambert's got to go over and basically console him and talk him back into the game. And I give Lane some credit for for not benching him after what I thought was, you know, it, he was checking the guy. But you you have to have some awareness. Mm-hmm. And the, you can't the, check the, him if he doesn't have the puck. The puck wasn't yeah. anywhere close <laughs> to me because the manager had, <laughs> and he and he absolutely leveled the guy. And, but but. He trips Kako. And no call. And no, and no call. call. And, yeah. you know, and Look, they get the winner on, on that play. And those are the things that are keeping him yeah. from being the guy that I certainly think he can be, you know, for this team. And he's got to get that out of his game. And maybe that's it. Like, that's what the coaches see. The coaches don't necessarily see the shot and what he can do for you offensively. They see, well, if I put him out here in this situation, can't trust him. And that's a problem. Yeah, but I, I, I agree well, with it you. It is a problem. I mean, you have to be able to trust him. Yeah, you have to be able to trust him. But there is also that thought of give him a little bit of consistent run with Barzell. Give him a little bit of consistent run in that position. And see what he can do for yeah. you. Consistent run is not a game. No. It's not a period or three or four shifts. A consistent run is like eight or nine games. Well, yeah, he, and he's getting there. I mean, I know he started the, the game on, on the fourth line, but this is about, I think it's up to eight eight games in a row now where he has played, played some shifts. some shifts. Right, and, and he's much better than how he was last season when he had that 13-game stretch. With uh, with Barzell, and he looked lost out there. And yeah. I don't think he looks lost this season. I think he's figuring out much better where he needs to be on the ice to be a complimentary yeah. player when, when Barzell starts skating yeah. around the zone. Almost scored tonight, too, but went off the crossbar, didn't he? That was a nice shot. Yeah, it was, and he yeah. thought it went in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, skated, he skated by the goal with his hands up, so he thought it went in. I don't know. I'm, I like the player. I do. I think I can, I, I'd like to see him get that consistent run. 
on a game to game, shift to shift basis, not just a, a couple of shifts here, a couple of shifts there. But again, they're nine and five right now. Yeah, and it's kind of they're averaging over three and a half goals a game. I think it is. Um, they're coming back in games. They're playing with a lot of confidence. It's hard to argue with the results so far. Yeah. No, it, it, Colin. How much when you look at this? How much of this is the Islanders? How much of this is the Rangers? Well. You know, obviously I cover the Rangers. I see yeah. them all the time. I've seen them blow leads like this. Yeah. And so uh, I do think that some of it, at least, is the Rangers. Um, the Islanders obviously have a thing going where they're strong in third periods. They come back and stuff. But it's the second night of a back-to-back. Um, and uh, and they, they shouldn't have been able to do this tonight. Um, but, it, they, you know, they do get the goal 14 seconds in, and that does change things. Um, and they do get the save on the breakaway, and that does change things. Um, but it, but it, you know, from the Rangers locker room, you know, they're talking about the stuff that they're not doing, and they have to figure out how they have to be better. <laughs> Just so we can sort of tweak the Islander fans here who are going to go nuts over this quote, could you paraphrase <laughs> Gerard Gallant's <Yeah>. take <laughs> on the third period? <laughs> I, I think he said um, they didn't do much. They didn't. They didn't they didn't do much except for the three goals. <laughs> so they didn't get much they except, get for, much the except for the three goals. <laughs> Which, I mean, I guess if you look at it, uh, that is right. But they they did get three goals. Yeah. So yeah. that's, you know, a lot. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was, yeah, it was, it was a uh, head scratch. So, yeah, so Gerard Gallant obviously had a, a weird take on that yeah. game. I, I I want to ask you guys, <laughs> uh, the, the division seems a little bit upside down right now, right? You got the, the, the Capitals and the Penguins kind of struggling. You got the Devils on a seven-game winning streak. Where do, you, where do you guys see this division going? I'm not sure. I mean, I, you know, I like the Islanders. Um, from what I've seen, uh, I had thought for sure the Rangers would get it together, but... You know, I don't know. Yeah. Now I don't know. Now I'm starting to, to wonder whether Igor Shesterkin is as good as he was last year, whether um, injuries are starting to catch up on them, whether they're going to pull out of it just because I expect them to pull out of it. They may not. They may they may be struggling. They may be struggling to get in. You know, I, I think they'll make the playoffs still, but I don't know if they're going to win the division. Yeah. So here's my thing. The, the Rangers are the team that we're looking at, but it's also we got to look at Pittsburgh, right? Yeah. Pittsburgh Penguins are really struggling. They have only four wins right now. That's the team that I look at and say, I'm not sure. Yeah. The Rangers are very close, right? I mean, they're yeah. they're in, they're leading in games. They just have they have struggled to put together 60 minute efforts. And you look at the personnel on the team; they have it, um, and they're going to find ways to get better. I, I, I think, and they have the goaltender who has not been very look. Look, he has not. He's been fine. He hasn't been to the level he was right. at last yeah. year. No, not, like yeah. last year. not to the level he's been at last year. He's probably still measuring himself to that level. This is a new season. But it's not the Rangers that I'm looking at. I, look at the Devils. They are the surprise team. They've jumped in that we haven't thought of the team. The Flyers have jumped in as well. Yeah. I don't think it's I don't sustainable think that, no, for them. No. But I, to look at the Devils and the way they're – I still need to see 20 more games from the Devils. Yeah. But, I, but the yeah. way they're playing right now, you can't argue it. Uh, it's the Pittsburgh Penguins are the team that – 
I wonder about. And Washington, to me, is a team that's fallen a little bit. Yeah, and then in the other division, you know, there could be five teams out of the Atlantic. There you know, could be three. Or the, yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> it, it is early, yeah. but... Well, listen, guys, I would love to chat much more with you, but it, it, it seems like we're going to get arrested by Madison <laughs> Square Garden security. So this is going to be a truncated episode of the Island Ice episode. I, I again want to thank uh, Dan Rosen from NHL.com. Always great chatting with you. And, of course, my Newsday teammate, Colin Stevenson. And you can find all of Newsday's Islanders content at Newsday.com backslash Isles or Newsday.com backslash sports. And also please go to Newsday TV. And until our next longer, less under pressure episode, happy hockey, everybody.